Hey y'all, and welcome to Pop Goes the City, the lifestyle podcast for Dallas and Collin Counties and beyond. I'm Leslie Chapman, and this week we're talking trauma and natural disasters. Hey guys, before I start the show today, I'd like to announce that Tangerine Salon is the official sponsor of the Pop Goes the City podcast for the whole month of September. Get the hair you love at Tangerine Salon. Tangerine Salon is an award-winning Aveda Lifestyle Salon company with four DFW locations, Preston Hollow, Capel, Highland Village, and Allen at Waters Creek. Growing from 12 employees in 2005 to well over 100 employees today, Tangerine Salon is proud to be the exclusive salon of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders and one of Elle Magazine's five hottest salons in Texas. All guests at Tangerine Salon receive a luxury spa quality experience with a passionate, talented staff using high-performance professional products. The belief that nature is the best beauty artist of all is at the heart of the Aveda mission, a mission focused on caring for the world we live in and striving to set an example for environmental leadership and responsibility, not just in the world of beauty, but around the world. All products used at Tangerine Salon are naturally derived, botanically-based products that are kinder to the planet. One of the newest Aveda products available is Texture Tonic, a 94% naturally derived formula with sugar and salt that can be used to create a beautiful, tousled, textured beach wave style with natural shine and flexible hold. Are you ready to get the look of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders? Visit www.tangerinesalon.net or call 972-393-9200 to schedule your appointment today to get the hair that you love. On August 25th, Hurricane Harvey made landfall near Rockport, Texas as a Category 4 hurricane, resulting in significant damage and loss. For the next few days, Hurricane Harvey moves slowly along the southeast Texas coast, dumping trillions of gallons of water. And as we all know, several areas in and around the city of Houston suffered extreme flooding, displacing tens of thousands of people and causing billions of dollars in damages. One of the more difficult subject matters to discuss as it relates to natural disasters like Harvey is trauma. As my guest today, I have Ty David Lerman, a Houston-based licensed professional counselor skilled in numerous treatment topics with an emphasis on anxiety and life-work balance. I really wanted to speak to someone in Houston who has seen the devastation and those suffering firsthand to offer some perspective, some understanding, and some tools for how to move beyond it. Stay tuned for our conversation. Hi, Ty. Thank you so much for having a couple of minutes to speak with me today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Certainly. So what's the current status in Houston right now? What's, what's happening with the um, recovery efforts? Well, it uh, it kind of depends on where you are in Houston. Um, most of central Houston is, is doing pretty good. Um, most of the water has receded in most major areas. Um, the places where we were most hit is, is near uh, where Houston has a couple of backup systems where reservoirs have taken on water that were had to be released uh, because they were in danger of faulting or, um, or failing or or breaking, honestly. Um, so mm-hmm. those those places were were hit a little extra more than just the hurricane. Harvey dumped it, did what he did, 
Um, but then the reservoirs had to be released as well. And so some of the people that were hit the hardest were um, that water in some cases still hasn't receded and some people are still underwater and may continue to be for, for maybe even weeks is some of the things that I've heard. Um, uh, same thing as far as kind of North Houston, the Livingston Dam is the same sort of uh, situation. Uh, people downstream uh, were affected by that dam that had to be released as well. Um, the Trinity River overflew, the St. Jack River overflew, and all the bayous obviously in Houston uh, were, were over their banks as well. Okay. Um, wow. So as far as relief goes. I... Uh huh. As far as relief goes, um, you know, we've definitely mobilized. Uh, there's been an outpouring of volunteers. Uh, people have been turned away from some of the shelters just because they have. There's a line of volunteers longer than the line of refugees at the moment. Um, oh, some, wow. In some cases, um, therapists have been flooding, uh, and they've been turned away because, uh, in some cases, where they just the needs have been met. Um, there are still ongoing needs, and that's definitely something we'll talk about is, is the maintenance of this and making sure that this momentum maintains because we're, we're definitely going to be feeling this effect for, for months to come. Months and possibly even years to come because insurance claims and rebuilding homes and all of that, that all takes time. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Were you or, or anyone you know affected, and, and how's that recovery going personally? Uh, personally, we were okay. Um, we, we live very close to the White Oak Bayou and our front yard was literally the bayou. Um, we were about two inches away from taking on water and, um, by whatever grace we, we were spared. Um, our, our back neighbor and neighbors down our street flooded and took on water, but we did not. Um, so we were very thankful and, and kind of dealing with a little bit of survivor's guilt there, which is a very common thing that pops up and, half of uh, the city is experiencing a little bit of guilt there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but my parents were not so lucky. They, they live um, about a mile from the Trinity river. And when it, 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 when the Livingston dam let go and, and the river over went over its banks, um, they lost the first floor of their home. Um, and so we're actually heading out and, and they were so waterlogged that they were inaccessible. They couldn't until about or earlier this week, um, the uh, FEMA was finally able to get in and assess the damage, and we're going this weekend to, to sort through boxes and tear down some walls and do a little bit of a wow. demo. I'm so and sorry to hear that. Thanks. Uh, it, so, even that story is, is not as bad as a lot of Houston, so. Sure, sure. Uh, so in dealing with the after effects of something like a natural disaster, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a hurricane. It could be an earthquake or it could be a tornado. What are some of the symptoms of PTSD normally associated with natural disasters? Um, sure. Well, PTSD is, is, is a, a very natural response uh, to anything that is life-threatening, uh, and, and that, that can mm -hmm. be real or perceived life-threatening. Um, even when, when some mm -hmm. incidents or traumatic things happen that my life isn't necessarily in danger, but I felt threatened, that may be triggering of, of PTSD symptoms. So there's not going to be any, any symptoms that are specific to natural disasters that wouldn't be seen in, in uh, that we see from our, our veterans coming back from war. PTSD presents itself the same sort of way, regardless of what, what the disaster or the, the trauma is. Uh, but there are some, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the criteria that present themselves 
like I said, are, are the same. So some of those things are reliving the events where either we have nightmares, uh, revisiting that and living it again and again and again. Um, it may be flashbacks um, where you, Mm-hmm. Where you're awake and you just kind of something triggers you and you you're taken back to that place and things play out in your head, um, and and triggers okay. themselves are are another example of that. Um, people will avoid situations that are similar to whatever that trauma is. So in our case, you know, people aren't going to be spending a lot of time watching natural disaster movies. Right, that's going to be a little too close to home right now. Um, sure. There, there may be some negative changes in beliefs in the way we think about ourselves and our world. People may feel really unsafe right now. Um, they may not trust okay. our, our – if, they, if they're downstream of the dams, they're not going to trust the dams. They're not going to trust that Houston will step up or, or politics will be there. Um, and then just kind of feeling keyed up, uh, feeling on edge, or uh, you might feel jittery, or you might be slightly irritable more than you have been. Um, this may come across in having trouble sleeping or tr- concentrating – you may get startled a lot easier than normal. Uh, these are all kind of very common symptoms of, of PTSD in general. Okay. And, and, of course, one of the things we want to encourage people to do is to, to seek counseling as a great first step. But what are some coping skills that they can develop? What would you recommend uh, to those who've lost their homes and their livelihood due to Hurricane Harvey and now Irma? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first is self-care. First and foremost, you know, even when it's not a disaster, self-care should always be a priority in your life. Taking care of yourself first so that you can take care of others. Um, we, we tend to see a lot of minimizing in these sort of scenarios. People have lost their homes, and whether they're just not able to deal with it, they're just like, it's not a big deal. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. That, that is a mm-hmm. common phrase that I've heard a lot of, um, and that's a lot of minimization. You know, you, you lost a lot. It's not just stuff. You have a lot right. that's attached to this stuff. You know, you wouldn't buy it. You wouldn't have collected it. You wouldn't have been given to you if it weren't just stuff, right? Um, so sure. there's a lot of emotional mm-hmm. attachment that's attached to all of those belongings. And so there's, there is loss, absolute loss and grief that is attached to all of that stuff that's lost. Um, and so minimizing happens a lot in that sort of scenario. Um, people mm-hmm. spend a little bit of time comparing grief or comparing distress and um, – mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, suffering is not a competition. Suffering is suffering. And just right. because somebody lost all of their possessions and, and FEMA is buying out their house entirely and they had a significant loss doesn't mean that the loss that the other person is feeling when they just their car flooded, but their house was fine. That's still suffering. That's still distress. And so we, we, sure. we spend a lot of time kind of minimizing our distress and saying, well, it's not that big of a deal. Well, comparatively not, but it's still important to acknowledge that there is loss there and you have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that self-care is, so, is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Self-care. We don't do that enough in general. Um, and we general, forget absolutely. how important that is. If we, if we're, if we're relied upon about from others, we really need to take better time to care for ourselves so that we can be there to support others. Yeah, I use the analogy, uh, the airplane analogy a lot. So if you're flying on an airplane and you're sitting mm-hmm. next to a child and the airbags drop, what's your first job? You have to your put first... that on yourself before you save anyone else. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter if it's a life-threatening event with an airbag dropping or if it's just normal self-care. we got to make sure that we're okay before we take on somebody else's issues. The exception, of course, is if you're a caretaker, whether it's children or the elderly, we might put them first. 
but that's the only sure. exception that, that we should allow. Yeah. So let's talk about how parents should talk with kids about natural disasters and what that can mean for them and their family. What kind of conversations can you envision parents are having right now? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hard. And, and every and parenting styles are different. But, you know, one of the things that's really important is that, um, you know, kids are amazingly observant. They're sponges. Mm-hmm. And so when you are trying to sugarcoat things and, and not give them the full truth, they get it. They understand that there's something there. Um, and so honesty mm-hmm. is, is really the best way to go of, of talking about how devastating this is. And even if it's, again, a comparison of, you know, we, we lost the car, we're going to get a new car. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that are, are far worse off than we are. And um, uh, being able to, to get the kids involved in the, the disaster relief and get them volunteering, put a hammer in their hands as well. Let them be part of the community and see, uh, you know, there's a great modeling there of letting the kids be involved and see that mom and dad are giving back and so I should give back too. Uh, and that's a really important mm-hmm. lesson there. Um, it teaches them compassion and community and the, and the importance of giving back and, and people stepping up when there's a need there. And then also in the mm-hmm. self-care. That's Making true. sure that they're take, teaching the kids self-care from an early, early age. If you're in distress, self-soothing is so important. Um, and that's a lesson mm-hmm. that will carry long into their adulthood and, and the rest of their lives. And so if you, especially in the time of disaster, that's, it's really important to ground yourself in self-care and self-soothing. Fabulous. That's really good information to have and to know that it's it's unfortunate that you have to have these conversations with children, but you do, and you have to Absolutely. find the best way within your parenting style to make that happen. Yes, yeah. Ty, thank you so much for being with me today. I really do appreciate you being so candid and sharing your expertise in this area with my listeners. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Take care, you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. I want to thank Ty again for being on the show with me today, and I'd like to thank you for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you like what you've heard, and if you do, rate the show and leave a review. Be sure to check out my blog, popgoesthecity.com. I post fresh lifestyle content throughout the week. Lastly, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LeslieTypes. Thank you all so much for listening to the Pop Goes the City podcast brought to you by Tangerine Salon. As a reminder, Tangerine Salon is our official sponsor for the whole month of September. Get the hair you love at Tangerine Salon. Tangerine Salon is an award-winning Aveda Lifestyle Salon company with four DFW locations, Preston Hollow, Capel, Highland Village, and Allen at Waters Creek. Growing from 12 employees in 2005 to well over 100 employees today, Tangerine Salon is proud to be the exclusive salon of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders and one of Elle Magazine's five hottest salons in Texas. All guests at Tangerine Salon receive a luxury spa quality experience with a passionate, talented staff using high-performance professional products. The belief that nature is the best beauty artist of all is at the heart of the Aveda mission, a mission focused on caring for the world we live in and striving to set an example for environmental leadership and responsibility, not just in the world of beauty, but around the world. All products used at Tangerine Salon are naturally derived, botanically-based products that are kinder to the planet. One of the newest Aveda products available is Texture Tonic, 
a 94% naturally derived formula with sugar and salt that can be used to create a beautiful tousled textured beach wave style with natural shine and flexible hold. Are you ready to get the look of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders? Visit www.tangerinesalon.net or call 972-393-9200 to schedule your appointment today to get the hair you love.